Because I do I every, like every once in a while, I listen to our podcast and I hear like. It's <laughs> 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 a part of me that like. <laughs> it is not a good one. That's the irony. That's, is that's that. why my argument is let's move the pita chips off the table. People see me, but they just don't know. What I told you, cousin. People see me, but they just don't know. People see me, but they just don't know. People of the world, welcome to the Poetry Guys. Uh, people, we are the gods. Uh, my name is John Sands. What up? My name is Aziza Barnes. My name is Poppy Chudo. AKA. AKA. Cola Champagne Poppy. AKA. Poppy two times, two times. AKA. AKA. Jose Guadalupe mm. Olivares in the building. What's Woo! good, y'all? Yes. Well, I missed your AKA. <laughs> I missed them. They are legends. Thank you. You know. That's how I introduce myself I whenever know. I do anything. <laughs> Any reading <laughs> henceforth. I judged a, a, you know, the prairie, like, southwestern literary conference poetry this contest. This feels made up. No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a real thing. Scam. It's a real thing in Illinois. You can look it up. Uh, and, you what know, is Illinois? It's a real thing in Illinois. I, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't believe in anything outside of Chicago. That's fair. Uh, and I was there, and they like introduced me. And I was like, "What's up, y'all? My name." I did the whole thing, and they're like, kind of laughing at me. And I'm like, "Great, <laughs> let's keep going." I remember showing up to the Poetry Foundation, and I heard you on the speakers from an outside That's space <laughs> say, "Hello, everyone. My name is Poppy. Two times, two times." And everyone else before you had been so like rankly serious yes. that I heard that it was like, "Thank, thank you." <laughs> I can, I can laugh. Although, I feel like every reading I've seen you do it at, something changes in the reading of the AT, of the AKAs. Mm. It's a ritual. It is a ritual. Similar, similar like, like when, when I teach a workshop or like when we teach workshops, we have our like entry rituals yeah. where you're like say yeah. your name and a superpower you would have mm-hmm. by the end of it. I feel really great. Or I have a ritual where I make everybody make beats at the end and Jose yes, has it's, is it's like good. Still a little hurt from it because he was the program director at Urban, Urban Word, <laughs> and I, my workshop would be running like twelve Just minutes get over. Just out. I'd be like, I'm almost done. I'll say, I'd be like John says, please get out of here get right outside, now. Yo. And he'd be like, no, no, this is real, this is the most important, important part. We <laughs> have to like beat on shit. What I love about John is that every part is the most important part. Like, nothing can yeah, be true. sacrificed. Right? It's oh important. my god, I didn't even think of it like that. But that is how I feel. Yo. And this is important. Yes, John, okay. tell us, who, who yeah. is our guest today? Listen, yes. I, we have, hands down, one of my favorite <laughs> writers of all time. Yeah. One of my favorite people of all time. Yeah. We're so very uh, lucky to have him on the podcast. Yes. Please. If you're at home, put your hands together for Adam Faulkner. Very glad to be here. Lovely. Very, very, very glad. So we're gonna get to Adam. uh, You know. Comma, life and times of in a moment. <laughs> uh, but before uh, we do that, we have a very critical question to yeah. ask each other, really. And maybe you, if you want to, you know, make it a conversation. Hmm. We won't be able to hear your responses, but we <laughs> so value curious. them yes. in some fashion. It's an important uh, <laughs> <laughs> question. What is it? It's, uh, it's um, what? It's... <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> 
Your You're mind. <laughs> Aziza. Hi. What's on your mind? Okay, bet. So uh, I have a thing that's on my mind. I was yes. I'm staying at my aunt's house in Queens um, until tomorrow. It's really a joyful thing, I think, to stay with people intergenerationally. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, you got to cap it at some point because then you got to live your lives. But, like, for a moment, it's really wonderful uh, and nourishing. And I, I love my aunt and my uncle. And they have in their room, uh, whenever I give them a book, like, just any or my own, they put it on the, like, what could be called a mantle, like, for where their TV is. So underneath the TV is just, like, my two books and this James Baldwin interview book I gave them. And it's real sweet. And I realized, like, talking to my partner, I was too nervous to sign their books, my books for them. Wow. It's been years. Like, for my chapbook, it's been almost five years. And I I can't sign it for... They're like, you come here all the time, you leave here, you leave us a nice note, you never sign the book. You never sign the book. (laughs) When are you going to sign the book? It's ridiculous. You sign everyone else's books. I'm like, but I'll I'll cry when Mm. I sign... I don't want to cry right now. Mm. Like, I don't want to do it wrong. And and I'm usually not like that in life. Do you know what I mean? I'm just like, might do it wrong, gotta fly into it with no abandon. But today I was like, okay, what is... This is ridiculous. What is this fear that I have of signing this book. And it's like, because I don't actually remember all the way for the first one who I really was mm. and who who is signing that book now. Right. You know, it feels almost ridiculous. Sure. So I decided to read it. And today I took it and with a pen and started reading my chat book, Me, Aunt Jemima, and the Nail Gun. I haven't read that book since I wrote it when I was 19. Mm. I haven't read that book. Like, I would read through it a little at readings, but that's not reading your book. And I read through it and I was like, this bitch is great. This bitch is so funny and strange. And and so sad and so closeted and, and upset. Like there were all these poems about like these lines where it's like I open my mouth and watch the air fall out and just like no one's gonna listen to you and and just like all this real gay shit. Like I want a truck. Maybe I don't. But definitely do. Let's move on. Like it's just so like it just like. And you could see it. You I could see it. It, it wow. was just like it was like um. I'm compelled, like the smell of bourbon, to want this truck, but I'm gonna move on from this <laughs> pipe wow. dream, you know? Wow. And I wrote in the margins, like, cuz you're gay! Mm. Cuz you're really gay! Like, it was just very this absurd. This is in the margins of your of, aunt That and I wrote. Book, yeah, no, I'm writing oh. my aunt and uncle's book, yeah. So I'm like, what I'm gonna give them then is. That's what they meant by sign it. Exactly. What I'm gonna give them then is just like, <laughs> I revisited baby. myself, uh, no one else has cut. these notes. Mm. And no one else will ever have, I won't even have these notes. Yeah. And this is for y'all, and then I'll sign it. So that's wow. what's on my mind. That's, that's beautiful. Thank you. Jose. Yes. What is on your mind? You know, I have a, I have a really important uh, kind of discovery to share with y'all. Uh, and that is that, you know, a couple weeks ago, I went to go see... The Fast and the Furious I knew Eight. It was gonna be, I you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm, I was waiting for like. I'm a upset meal. Listen, because, listen. Okay. I mean, what you need to know I is that. I already disapproved. I mean, I, I have many. I have many hot takes. You know what I mean? One is that Fast and the Furious, the series, is our generation's The Godfather. Do you know oh, what I mean? Like, you are talking about cinematic masterpieces. Also, I mean, we really have to talk about The Rock as an actor. It's you know what I mean? I really, I really just want... <laughs> Aziza just took off their jacket. You know what I mean? Really great. Uh, I want an app that is just The Rock yelling at me well, that's to fair. do things. You that's know what I mean? Fair. He's a but, compelling dude. Yes, Fate of the Furious, uh, instant classic, deserves all the Oscars. 
Oscars. All if it doesn't, it deserves all the Oscars. Honestly, you know what I mean. Shout out Vin Diesel. Shout out The Rock. Uh, That's a lot of Oscars. I know, but okay. it, it's honestly just really great. Also, I watched two it. people I never thought I would be in the presence of someone else shouting out. Hey, listen, welcome, welcome to the future. Uh, yeah, it's, have y'all seen it? I like I the Fast and the Furious movies. I, I really like them a lot. Like They're I'm engaged fantastic. with them. I love like the camaraderie of the cast. Like they bonded OD. You yeah. know, like they really love actually each other they too. hate each other. They hate each other. Well, The Rock and Vin Diesel hate each other. Really? Yes. In never, well, but they're twins. Seen it, yeah. <laughs> no, I've seen it. I've seen a couple of them, but I didn't know they hated each other. Yeah, yeah. This last one, the rest of them like each other, right? I think the rest of them are cool, but like The Rock and Vin Diesel hate each other. Tyrese and Ludacris and them like each other. What's up, Brooklyn? Right. <laughs> Child. Making a cameo appearance. Yeah. Uh, As she does. Yeah, yeah she does. Oh, um, over a loudspeaker. Yeah. Yeah. Intense. Uh, the Rock and Vin Diesel share no scenes in the latest Fast and the Furious. But I remember in the, one of the earlier ones, they have this incredible fight scene where you can't yeah. even tell who's who. Like, yeah. it's so ill. Yeah. And I thought that could only come from love. Yeah. No? I mean, maybe okay. they did, and then maybe something happened. I know no what happens. I know what happened. Hey. <laughs> no, they share no scenes, so take. there's like one reason it goes the other. I have no hot takes. Hot take, same person. <laughs> you heard it I, I kind of believe it. Hot take, hates himself. Specifically hates himself. Oh it's fine. But yeah, uh, yeah, Fast and the Furious 8 if you haven't gone to see it, you Eight. know, I highly recommend it. I, they really, I hope it goes until there's like 25. You know what I mean? I want 25 Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, I want a quarter century of Fast and Furious. It'd be a... How many hours is that? A lot of hours. Movie? A full day. It's a <laughs> more, of, more than a full day. It's two days. Probably two or three days. There's definitely a reason there's only three Godfathers. Too. Yeah. And on one of them, Because like, they ran out of material. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> because it, they didn't have enough, they don't have the rock on the Godfather. You know what I mean? That's what, yeah, you're right. That's yeah. what it is. Honestly, I never thought of it that way. You good, know? good. Uh, John, what's on your mind? I also really like, I'm going to get to what's on my mind, but I like Jose's movie takes. I miss it. I love them. We, I love it's them. been a long while since. I, 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 but like I, I, The Revenant and The You know what's crazy that you mentioned that? I was talking to, shout out to Nabila Lovelace. I was talking oh, about dang. ashy lips today. We were talking oh. about ashy, crazy lips. And that man had ashy, crazy, crusty lips. Yeah, it was very distracting. Oh, yeah, so if you're a listener for season one, you're familiar with Chapstick Gate. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big deal. <laughs> a lot was revealed. We a also lot. heard that Hanif uh, took went a date on a first date to see the Passion of the Christ. Passion if you haven't Christ. heard that, you should go check that. Go out. back to we don't have season time one, for. episode four. Here's four. what's on your mind. It's uh, you know a quick take now, just because I've been <laughs> thinking about it, and maybe we'll talk about it more on a further episode. But please, I just wrapped up uh, a really interesting program uh, in the Adirondack. Shout out to the Adirondack Center for <laughs> Writing. Hey. Uh, I was there with uh, Lauren Whitehead hey. and Gina Ember. Lee hey. and Carlos Andres Gomez. Hey. We were working in conjunction with Planned Parenthood to do a creative writing workshop and performance in conjunction with work that they're doing in the schools trying to talk about uh, healthy relationships, consent, and power dynamics. Wow. And so, you know, we, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out, like, what the right creative writing workshop was, and we were trying to, like, put language into some of the like unspoken rules that people learn inside of high schools about like how relationships are supposed to work and we ended up landing on crushes like hard like we were asking these kids like how do you know like 
Mm. How do you know if, what does it feel like if you have a crush on someone? Where do you mm. feel that in the body? Wow. Where do you express it, right? Like, how do, what's your favorite love song? And like pressing on them on like why it's your favorite love song and what about the way in which the song talks about love do you mm. take? And somewhere, and we didn't, we were like, how do you know if somebody has a crush on you? Mm. And, and we kind of instinctually in the teaching of the workshop, I was like, Okay, and like, what does it look like if someone has a crush on you and you don't have a crush on them? And I've talked oh, in the past about yeah. uh, unrequited love in here, yeah. which I don't think is inherently a bad thing. No. But this uh, this participant had the best take, and she was like, please. Uh, she was like, well, you know, like when you have feelings for someone, you act really unreasonably. Mm. Like you just are. You act not normal. Mm -hmm. That's like what it feels like. And you know if they have feelings for you because they're acting not normal mm -hmm. and you guys act not normal together. Wow. But if somebody has feelings for you and you don't have feelings for them, you're just normal watching someone act abnormal. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, are you that's drunk? What is it? What, why are you doing this? Really? And I was like, that oh, that's what it is. That kid is the one. That kid yeah. is our president now that's instead of the other person. Oh, that's man. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, you just clarified so much. Really, for my life. So many. Wow. And I maybe mean, I'll wind back around on this on further episodes yeah. because there are other things that got said <laughs> in that workshop that just really illuminated something mm -hmm. about like the dynamic of intimacy mm -hmm. that I think is worth looking at. Uh, but Adam, hey, big yes. question. First what? question, in fact, of the interview. Hey. Uh, <laughs> what's on your mind? What's on my mind? Mm -hmm. I am thinking about. It was a beautiful. Spring weekend in New York City, and I'm thinking a lot about the fact that Justin Bieber and DJ Khaled and Chance the Rapper and Lil Wayne just dropped a single on Friday. Wait, what? Wait, what? what? <clears throat> I what? haven't heard this. It brought more joy into my life in the last 72 hours than most things have in the last three months. Wow. <laughs> if you haven't, we might need that to train. But I don't know. Listen, Maybe I, I, don't know. I, I mean, Friday Friday afternoon, I spent the entire day up on campus. And I was like writing and working, and it the video came out, and of course, like I, it was the obligatory stop what you're doing. Yeah. And I was just like sort of in a very, 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 very quiet library, and <laughs> that shit was so incredibly live. I mean, I'm a I'm a sucker for really bad and good pop music. It's yeah. there are a few things in my life that bring me more like joy Aww. and comfort than yeah. bad outstanding pop music. Yeah. yeah. Uh, particularly like the Beeps these yeah. days. Um, I like him. Come on. Man. And also Bieber, I haven't heard this new song, but Bieber and Chance have like they got they got chemistry. Hit, they've hit they on a couple songs already. They have chemistry. Right? Have chemistry right? That fucking yeah. juke joint. That's, yeah. that's good. And I that's love that people song. are. Yeah. There are haters that are so disappointed to see that Justin Bieber has the fucking juice. Yeah. Because he's got he's gonna be here a long fucking he time. Is. Yeah. People are uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say you heard it here first, because mm -hmm. the whole world said it. <laughs> but I will say, uh, Friday, the shit came out, and I just, like, my whole my whole life mm -hmm. turned on its side for about 40 minutes. Yes. That's beautiful. And I was, like, bumping the song on headphones in the library, and it occurred to me about, like, in second 40 of this track, that my headphone jack, like, wasn't plugged in. <laughs> oh, no. So you were just blasting it out so to the world. Simply having a And party. I was just, like, having this moment, and it just... <laughs> 
didn't occur to me. I just like kept turning it up because like wasn't loud enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just in it, like yeah. horse blinders in this shit, right? Wow. Looking at my laptop, yeah, yeah, yeah. and one wow. by one, people, someone tapped me. Someone tapped me. They did one of these. Wow. And they were like, babe. Plot twist. The library was having a moment. Exactly. Oh, How could you not? That's why it took 40 seconds. You're welcome to Columbia University yeah. for some culture in your life. Right. <laughs> can, I just say, yeah. can I just say, uh, so Adam and I used to work together at Urban Word NYC. Hey. And one of my favorite days working there was the day that Rihanna's videos for work dropped. Oh my God. Yo, the whole office was like, yo, stop what you're doing right now. We gotta watch these videos, and we all gathered around this one screen, Bam. and we watched the first one. And, and then we were like, "Hold up, we're hearing reports on Twitter that there is a second Rihanna video." <laughs> Same song. Yeah, and we just read it. Wow. We like might have watched them back to back like wow. four or five times. You know we need I mean? to watch those today. They're I'm fantastic you, videos. I'll tell you. Yo, ever there was time remember, with the poetry guys to like turn on a video and In have your world, podcast. your like American universe experience, <laughs> your reaction Fam. to Bieber, Wayne, Khaled, and Chance on it's the track real. together. It's real. And Quayla. Mm. Oh my god. And Quayla. Really? Yeah. Oh my God! Amazing. Listen, we'll listen, listeners. listeners. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Wherever you're at, maybe maybe pause the podcast for a second. You could come back to this interview. Go listen. Oh, go to listen all to this. that song. You know what I mean, go listen. Go listen to go, Rihanna. No, go, go get videos. a projector and project it in your home. Host and the party. And, I mean, here's my thing, right? Invite your closest friend. Here's my thing Invite your crush. You know what I mean? Invite your crush, even if they're just your crush and, and not <laughs> the other way no around. shared crush. Yeah, because, you know, like, watching that Rihanna video, so I was in Mississippi. Yes. Like, at this point, and I love, shout out to University of Mississippi, shout out to the people of University of Mississippi, because I have no business being in school. And it was starting to click in my head that I have no business being in school. Mm. But then that video came out, and I was just like, yeah, all I have business being is simply Rihanna at a party. <laughs> at a party, just like doing this forever. Like, you know, I think it could happen like that. I think life could be such. And, and just like fucking irritating mm. Drake, who has a crush on Rihanna that she probably Hold don't want to ask for him. Sorry. Adam, will you, yes. will you, how did you feel about Drake in the work video, video. with Rihanna? Sweat I have a very all. strong opinion. Wait, and I think they made that video in less than four and a half minutes. I think yeah. they made that video in less time than four <laughs> minutes in the song. <laughs> I think, so I want to ask a question too, because I feel like yeah. I, I've, you know, I've known you. How long have we known each other? Aww. About a decade. Decade oh. strong. Wow. Well, never mind. You know, decade strong. Say, or the first time we ever got a drink, we got up at eight. PM and left at 4 a.m. Wow. Uh, we put a Shout full, out to a full business oh day. Wow. But since I've known you, pop culture has always been something that's played very heavy in your work in, in really surprising ways. Like, I feel like you have a way of looking at an artist that is having a monumental emotional impact on people and trying to, and like having a take that makes us have to see them differently. I remember mm-hmm. your first chapbook, 10 for Fahim, which was, you know, mm. built around this poem around T-Pain right when auto-tuning was just, like, blowing up. And I'm thinking Shout if we're T-Pain. talking about Shout Drake about it, you have a poem in your newest manuscript, which, honestly, y'all, it's not out yet, but when that is in a book, you're gonna need it, and it's gonna be an instant classic. It's but hey. it's called uh, While You're Out. That's, like, about Drake. And I guess I have, like, if we're gonna t- make a take on Drake, I'm curious, like, mm-hmm. you know, I guess I want to know what your take is on Drake that informs that poem, mm. but the larger question is like, I don't know, what what is it in you that like 
that pop culture helps you express personally mm-hmm. or that you like how does that exchange happen between like the deeper truths you observe and your own personal expression it's mm. a great question it is a great question and I'm, I'm i don't have necessarily like a, a canned answer for it but i can say that um i mean that's always been the case for me pop culture has i've always just been kind of a pop culture junkie because a and i don't want to like overcomplicate it because i'll get to that and b but I, this shit just makes me feel good. Mm. Um, and it makes me feel good to uh, love something in the company of a culture, wow. yes. regardless of whether or not it's trash, and mm. to not feel like alone for yeah. indulging in that. Um, so there's a part of me that just loves to like, you know, put my drink down and stand in the center of a dance floor with people that also are celebrating a very brief moment in time that inevitably will pass. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. There's something like very fleeting and very powerful about the now that is a song. Wow. Yeah. And um, in that, when we like take the microscope of what pop culture represents in that regard, um, how people manage to get into that limelight even if only briefly, is a very powerful thing for me, right? Mm. Um, and in terms of what they represent, um, what it means for us to like set said drink down and move to the center of a dance floor, what are we celebrating when we're doing that? Mm. Um, because I think that's true too. I think we don't just celebrate music ever, and that I don't ever think we have. And I think that's partly from like a socio-cultural lens why I'm infatuated with pop culture too, mm. is that I don't just think it's about music and culture, I think it's like steeped in identity and politics. Mm. Yeah. And we celebrate what we celebrate because the time calls for it. Mm. Even if the time is like completely out of balance and against the grain of what's being celebrated, there's a reason this. Well, there. especially, right? Yeah, like exactly. Especially, like, exactly. I love that. Yeah. I love, because I think like, I think it's steeped in, in personhood and mm. politic and mm. the Audre Lorde mm. the, the same way. That's right. Um, but also in like nostalgia shit, yeah. you know, which is part yeah. of personhood, which is part of politics. But then like w- w- being wistful for something together yep. Yep. is like being in the same family album. You yep. know what I mean? It's like, like wow. when you hear Poison at Nuyo and oh. everyone's like, ah! Yeah, and like yeah. doing the little That's dances right. and shit, you know? That's right. And, and it does not... Even people that weren't even alive when that giant came out. I mean... Or who were and didn't I give was up. alive, yes. But you know what I mean? It's like I, I was too I was in, I was in a ball of mush, right, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. about it. But yeah. it's it's like, you know, I remember one time like mahogany saying to me, like, do you know how to do some dance? I didn't know how to the do rhyme, it. Rhyme it. And then so I just did a thing. Yeah. And she was like, sure. And and it was just like, but because it was to the beat to the song that we both missed, mm-hmm. a time that we both missed. Mm-hmm. The dance was correct, mm-hmm. so it's. it's yeah, I yeah, love yeah. what you at what you ask of John's question, which is like, what are we celebrating together when we're celebrating this moment mm-hmm. that will die essentially? Yeah. Yeah. You know, just as we'll die. It's yeah. like, yeah. And I think it also to celebrate pop culture. I say this often about Michael Jackson, but I think mm-hmm. it's particularly true of pop in general. Is to like really celebrate and and be joyous about pop culture is to be okay with loving the very best and the worst yeah. of who we are as Americans yeah. in some mm-hmm. way. I think yeah. it's a, a not uniquely American, but it is a very mm-hmm. American idea. So what's an exa- yeah. like? What are concrete examples there of yeah. like yeah, the best mean? and the worst and well, the love? I mean, I th- I think. The best of who we are, Hmm. listen, I don't speak for the United States necessarily, but I think the best of who we are 
is like rooted in culture and community, sure. right? And difference. Um, the worst of who we are is rooted in the bedrock of capitalism mm-hmm. that at any, any, any cost is out here to make money. 95% of the time, it's at the expense of and on the back of someone else, usually someone else represented by like a community, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's the other side, right? That's the, that's the dark, that's the shadow side of like yeah. pop culture to me. And, and that's partly what's so like joyous about looking at it as a, as a, as a thing, as a tool, yeah. as a muse, is because whatever we celebrate and choose to name as popular is always inevitably tragic too, always. Wow. And, and that alone, that idea alone, like why we choose to celebrate a thing, sure, because it brings us joy and because it's, it's representative of something we want to see on that platform at the Super Bowl or wherever, mm-hmm. right, or on the radio. Yeah. Um, but there's also something or someone or someones that the presentation of a popular is diametrically opposed to, sure. right? To make something popular, it's on the back of something else, Has always to, to me. Yeah. Um, and when we think of like, you know, having autonomy and having um, political capital in the world, I think pop culture matters in that regard too. So, I, um, I have a question. Yeah. Okay, so like Michael Jackson you brought up, and I feel like Michael Jackson's, like if you're going to think about in terms of energies and yeah. in terms of self-care yeah. to a point, Michael Jackson and Prince, I feel like, are mm-hmm. on opposite sides of the same freakish coin. You know <laughs> what I mean? Of like, of brilliance, of hyper-productivity yeah. in a capitalist machine, but yeah, also hyper. like, you know what I mean? And like Prince you know, exhausted himself, exerted himself. Michael Jackson exhausted himself, exerted himself, but in two very different ways. For sure. You know, I, I feel Prince was free. Mm. I feel Michael Jackson was in jail. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So when it comes to, basically, when it comes to being popular in popular culture yeah. and in being a sustainable human, because mm-hmm. they both died at like 50-something, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. I guess like when you, when you see the two of them, these two black men trying to do a thing here... Mm that they were doing at the scale they were doing mm-hmm. like what's the tragedy but what's the celebration in each for you in in the two of them in particular yeah in particular oh lord well i think the tragedy i mean i don't know i think in some ways the joy is that those two entertainers both of whom have like pretty substantial roles in my life as an artist mm-hmm. um particularly mike mm-hmm. i think and your question about, you know, Drake feeds into this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Michael Jackson and Prince and Drake all form me as, like, a young sort of white kid figuring out space and time mm-hmm. and sex and gender uh, represented possibilities where otherwise I didn't think there were any. And I know lots of people that weren't white kids figuring their shit out yeah. one step at a time felt identically about those two yeah. individuals. I, I also think that just, like, they... When we celebrate exceptions, and maybe maybe Prince and Michael aren't great examples for this, but there's like a celebration of exceptionalism sure. in pop culture that allows mm-hmm. us to like celebrate a, a being and attach an identity to that celebration so that it allows us to like hit a checkbox and keep it pushing and not address, you know, yeah. like the culture that they're departing from to be celebrated. Right. But yeah, like both of them sacrificed in many ways, who they actually were. Yeah. In legit ways, their actual names to mm-hmm. give themselves over to like a consuming American imagination mm-hmm. and global imagination. And they did that at every single cost imaginable. And 
yeah, I mean, I could, I could sit and ponder, I think, and write a long time about, like, the tragedy of that, but, um, I think, start. Yeah. And I think about, again, that poem about Drake. Yeah. Because so much of it is, like, Drake, not the Drake in the music video. No. Yeah. Like, starts out with the Drake in the music video. Right. And then is decidedly not. And what it is to, like, consume art from someone who you fundamentally don't know, but celebrate in a perfect, in a particular way, mm-hmm. you know? And I think of that in your work that is not about pop culture. Sure. Right. That, like, oftentimes a crux of a poem mm-hmm. is that you are like, well, I was seen in this way, I served that purpose, yeah. and I was over here, and this poem is an expression of what, the silence, I mean, you talk a lot about, like, writing in the silence, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a question of pop well, culture, but I think it's like a really critical question about your work is like, how do you, yeah. what, is that, what does that look like, the like writing into the silent moments and where do the poems come from when you yeah. are addressing what in like a, a memory or story was before the poem only yours, mm-hmm. you know? I think in the case of my own writing, it should, it's worth saying too that I think pop culture for, for me in particular, right? And... I get uncomfortable sometimes whenever I fall, fall or find myself like falling into a, a trope of like, pop culture is X or Y, you know? Sure. Um, because for me, pop culture was a deeply identity-forming tool. And the way I think and talk about pop culture now is a may- maybe a little bit more nuanced than I did like 15 years ago when it was like becoming an anchor of my life. But decidedly, the way that I like consumed pop culture and felt politicized and socialized through pop culture as a kid was decidedly um, from the perspective of an incredibly privileged young man who was latching on to experiences and voices that made me in some ways feel a little bit less guilty about the access I had in the world. Mm -hmm. And I wrestled with A, sort of how pop culture was sort of a tool or a guide for me to be able to like wrestle with that myself. But also, um, you know, more generally, like what that means when we celebrate artists who are contrary to, like, what our capitalist culture would suggest should be successful, right? Mm. And what that means for for us. So, I, I have a, I don't know. I'm sorry. I have a follow up yeah. to like a, like a, like a. There's this bug, and then there's that bug, and yeah. it's like yeah. both bugs. Can yeah. we answer both bugs? We were talking about <laughs> bugs this morning. Both with my bugs. Family. Both bugs. Um, why do you even talk to me? I don't know. Anyway. Um, it's made but, perfect sense. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I didn't, okay, thank you. Okay, so, you know, Kanye has that one line that's like... Um, yes. That's like... Uh, I, do, I do know You know, line. I'd be worried Chicago. if they said nothing. You know, it's like, yeah. remind me where I know you from. Yeah, it's like, everybody's going to say something. Yeah. I'd be worried if, if they, they said, said nothing. nothing. Yeah. Right, so that's that silence, right? Yeah. In terms of in the pop culture lens, yeah. which I think is reflected in, like, because you and I, I feel like, Adam, you know, like from my coming out, I feel like I'm coming out every day, all the time, forever. For sure. And there, there are some moments in my queerness where I feel like, damn, it took me that long. I haven't even been on the planet that long. Neither of us have been on the planet that long, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if we had, it, it's gonna happen when it happens. Yeah. But there are moments where I feel like inadequate that I didn't come out when I was. 14. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hey, ma! You know, it's like, no, it wasn't going to happen like that. Right. And I know that, like, from what I know in your process, it took 
and is taking the time it takes, which I think is incredibly brave. And if you don't want me to say this, I'll kind of no, whatever. Um, but mm-hmm. in terms of that, you know, I'm, they're going to say something. What if they say nothing yeah. in terms of like your queerness, your livelihood, your, uh, yeah. your, when you write straight poem, mm-hmm. you know, when I write fucking whatever mm-hmm. about, <laughs> about my shit, yeah. there's a part of me that's like, Oh, everybody's gonna say something. You know, like when, when my first full length collection came out, I was like, everybody's gonna know everything about me, and 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 they did, mm-hmm. and then nothing really happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, uh-huh. I was, except something happened to me yeah, within right. me. Right, right, right. Mm. They they were fine. I was not fine. Right. Mm. So, do you experience that when you write straight poem? When you write the whitest thing, like, sure. are they gonna say something? They don't say shit. That you know, like, what is that? Yeah. Um, that's such a that's such a timely question too. Thank you for me. I think. Yeah. Um, I'm glad. I, I think my writing is always like ten steps ahead of my life. In terms, oh God! Yes. In terms of my own like fear barometer and how I'm like willing or able to present myself to people I love, even more so than to people I don't love or don't know, because mm. like I could be fucking anybody to any of them, right? Yeah. Um, but the spaces I explore in my writing are always inevitably the footprints ahead of my actual life. So if there are, like, silences or spaces where I'm kind of scared to, like, mm-hmm. tiptoe into or talk about, like, I will, I will write into them first. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's complicated because it then makes me accountable to be those things in some ways, right? But there's also a beautiful side to that, right? I came out by writing my way out in many yeah. ways. Because um, I've heard you say that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing, I think, is that it just, uh, it allows, and this is maybe, again, like a... Not necessarily a negative side, but it's part of the baggage of that is mm-hmm. that by writing about by writing about those things, writing about those like issues that your sort of life is still unfolding, right? Like building a plane while flying it almost. Mm-hmm. It allows folks to feel like your process is further along than you. Right? By looking at the work I'm writing and how much like closure I'm drawing around statements I make in my writing, mm. supposedly that should be a reflection of like where my life is at. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's not, right? No. I'm writing mm. into a fear about being a gay man at mm. 30 years old mm. and at the same time trying to like after that poem is out there published in the world, ask myself, like, am I that? Mm. Or did I just, like, present a version of myself because I'm pretty scared to, like, talk to people that I think I'm that, right? Wow. Um, you and, and I have the same deal. <laughs> someone, you know, someone gave me a compliment. The, well, I was sharing with Angel last night when I oh, got yes. a drink. and Shout out Angel Not Feast. Hey, and one, I was reminiscing, like, maybe when I was, uh, I was in Berlin for a while with a, a bunch of friends of my partner and we were working Mm. and somebody offered the what was intended to be a compliment for sure um and it was but I took it in like a way that just like made me pause and I think to think about what we're talking about here which is someone said I struck them as a really well-adjusted gay man Mm. and it really and it really it struck a chord in me because I work really hard I think to pretend like I'm well-adjusted everywhere, you know? And I work really hard to pretend like I uh, am comfortable with not knowing what's next, or I work really hard to pretend like I'm not working really fucking hard, Yeah. basically. Mm -hmm. And when that comment was offered to me, it was like a compliment because I was like, word, my work is working. Yeah. 
but it was a real moment of grief for me too because there was a point where I was like, damn, like I would rather build community with people about the hard wow. work yeah. and around and through the hard work Absolutely. as opposed to whatever it is that I'm presenting out here about being well-adjusted. Being full wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, th- yeah. I think that's true about the way I write about race mm. and the way I write about pop culture too. Like I don't necessarily have thoughts about how my life has gravitated or been anchored by those things. Mm. Um, but I, I know that the writing is ahead of my life and, uh, and I'm working, I think, into a spot where I'm trying to draw a little nuance to that and give myself mm. permission to show more about the hard work and to show more publicly what it looks like and feels like for Adam to not be well adjusted. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. You, thinking? you know, I'm you know, first that that part resonates a lot. You know what I mean? Like I remember I specifically living here. Yeah. I remember like riding the train home from a reading with someone who was like, "Yo, like how do you do this? I feel like you're at every reading yeah. and you're working and you're writing <laughs> and you're like and traveling." You were. Yeah. But I wasn't. You know what I mean? I was like, "Fam, like I haven't seen like I haven't sat down for dinner with a friend yeah. in like yeah. weeks." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this this train ride is the first time I'm having like intimate conversation oh, with someone wow. in a minute. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, it might look that way, whatever, but like, so like one that resonates and I've always wondered like, what is it within myself that it like both feels the urge to like run away from the messiness or to present a particular way, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm curious, like, where, where do you think that impulse comes from within yourself? Mm-hmm. But then this other thing that I'm thinking about is uh, specifically around you know, writing into the silences and where's that taking you as an educator, right? And wondering how that connects to the mm. Dialogue Arts Project and your yeah. work at Urban Word and yeah. with the doctorate and everything. Because I feel like you've really pursued this not just in your writing, but also in trying to create spaces where other people can mm. write into silences. Yeah. You know wow. what I mean? Yeah. I think that it is a thread, right, throughout all the various spaces. And the question of, like, presentation is, like, a, is a tricky one. Sure. Um, I'm reading a lot around that, like Mm. what it means, especially for gay men, to Mm. present and end up in professions, usually not fucking by coincidence, where they present immaculately, right? Mm. Where they work in performance spaces, they work in fashion, they work in the representation of culture. Yeah. Um, And I've just thought a lot about like what it means for me to be invested in presenting well all the time. which, you know, while holding alongside the inevitable messiness, which is the other side of your question, of, like, writing in the silence. Yeah. And there's, like, an inherent contradiction in my life there, for sure, right? Like, how to at once build a career, um, like, as an educator and, like, work on a PhD and direct a literary nonprofit that does all these things that is invested deeply into writing into the silent spaces in your life, right? Um, Hinged upon the fruit, we hope, is on the other other end of that self-excavation, uh, while also being really compulsed by and obsessed with presenting well. Um, and that balance is something I feel all the fucking time, mm-hmm. which is in part why that moment of, like, my headphones not being plugged in, like, at the Columbia <laughs> Law Library, right? Uh, yeah while, like, Beaver is blasting, was just, like, a moment of confrontation between those things. Mm. Um, and huh. I love it when that happens mm. because it forces me to be accountable to the contradiction you're talking about, right? Yeah. Like, I have, to, I have to atone 
for these things I work really hard to keep at polar ends of my life. Well, and to celebrate the moment, them, right? right? And exactly. To celebrate them, like because when like, you tell well, that story, yeah, you're right. That's joyful as shit. The best music. You know, I hear, I hear that story and I don't hear oh Adam having to atone. Yeah. Necessarily. I yeah, hear Adam having language, to be. Right. Yeah. aligned yeah. you know what I mean yeah, like sure. I feel like um, and, and not to divert no, from your ahead, answer please. to this question because mm-hmm. that's incredibly important yeah. like I always thought that like you know I think I think too like being in relationship with people like mm-hmm. uh, your lover your friend your parent whatever mm-hmm. the moment where you see the seams you know unfurl yeah. is gross and gorgeous it's like I don't know how to tell you. It's like that Ross Gay line, like, I'm trying to tell you truly of the little factory in my head. Like, yeah. and I can't. Um, so it comes out like a Bieber song in a Columbia library. Exactly. Which makes sense Ooh, to me, exactly. but yeah, will yeah. never make exactly. sense to the 10 people tapping yeah. my shoulder. Exactly. But, you know, yeah. if, if the 10 people tapping my shoulder were all me, we'd all be having a party. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, I think it's one of the most human crush worthy moments like you know what I mean like I, I love I love those moments where it's like you are without even thinking about it letting it all, all hang out yep. and someone wow. and someone probably in that library yeah. didn't come up to you when that's my boy that's my <laughs> don't you think somebody else was probably like yo today right right okay, today right. I think we crave seeing someone who is having a genuine moment oh because we're God. constantly trying to present a certain way. Mm-hmm. I think especially as educators doing what we do, you know, we're curating very vulnerable educational environments mm-hmm. and oftentimes at least and I could be wrong, you know, like but I think my perception as an educator is that they're counting on me mm-hmm. to have some semblance of presenting like I have it all together mm-hmm. because I'm a structure within which people right. can lose it a little bit. Right. You know? You're liability, yeah. right? Yeah. Don't let me fall off the cliff. But then I think of someone like right. Lauren yeah. Whitehead who mm-hmm. is going to be on our uh, uh, podcast next episode Woo! talking about... Uh, you know, like one of her main, you know, theories of education is that she won't ask her students to do anything that she right. won't do. So she writes, and I've been yeah. in workshops where she has a really difficult writing prompt, writes mm-hmm. into it, and then shares mm-hmm. her work. Mm-hmm. And like that, you know, kind of does something to tear down the facade oh, yeah. of like I am fully in control in here. Yeah. And that also is really powerful, yeah. but is also a controlled way in which to open up the window and right. say, hey, like just so that you're not looking at me as like yeah. <laughs> some building I yeah. too am a, a like pond mm. <laughs> I love that I, I do that now because she does that yeah. you know like the do it the, the write if you write you, yeah. you know cause like I would sometimes do it sometimes not I don't know myself whatever right. but now it's like now we, we in here mm-hmm. like and I'm, I was covering John's emotional historians and I asked him to do a prompt on Solange's Cranes in the Sky video. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know how she goes like, I tried to drink it away, I tried to put one in the air, I tried right. to I tried for 70 days. Adam saw this. And, I saw um, part of it. You saw part I of it. scampered out of there and put you had a suit to scamper. on by. I mean, you looked great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you had, to, you. you had things to do. Mayor's um, manager was calling me. Dog. We, can we talk about that too? Or is that top secret information? <laughs> talk about it. All right. Well, uh, real brief. Finish. Solange. Close this little story. Solange. But I, I asked him like, what did you try to do to make it better? Wow. Whatever it was, just what did you try to do, oh, and keep the form of I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried. And and I ended up writing this poem yes. that ended up being about this fear that I didn't even know I had. Mm. And I read it to them because I was like, "You want to share?" And it was like eight women of color, and no mm. one wanted to share. And I was like, "Look, you don't have to, but 
like I will because I think I might need to if you'll hold this with me mm. and it was just like I tried to forget things like just forget everything good that I love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it wouldn't make anything better it would make everything worse so I was like what am I afraid? am I afraid of being happy I think I'm afraid of being happy and I was like oh fuck and then I had to ha- I got to have these really incredibly moving conversations with people that make me happy mm-hmm. and I got to realize the ways in which I've been putting up walls to avoid being fucking happy you know wow. Yeah. So it's and then from there they started to share their stuff because mm-hmm. it was like oh that's not even a poem yet <laughs> like right from mine it's yeah. I'm like I'm like look I don't know what it is but it happened and right. it's not right. even good right, right, but right. it happened mm-hmm. that and makes it, me think, right can I ask a question yeah that makes me think uh, specifically about your work Adam and like I feel like so many of your poems land on just this like monumental truth of the mm. moment that feels personal and feels really hard earned. Yeah. Is there a poem that you can think of specifically where you're like, honestly, I changed after that poem. Wow. Like my poem goes out in front of my personhood and after I wrote that poem, I couldn't turn away from right. like that, from like the uttering. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, and some of those poems are not even poems that I've done anything with. Yeah, right? tell us some about of them. Are, some of them are poems that, like, y'all haven't even seen. Mm-hmm. I'm just I like, well, that. I wrote that, and I just read that, and mm-hmm. um, now here I am to wrestle with, like, whether or not I tell people that this is true, or yeah, this, wow. I, I am the speaker, you know? I also think, yeah, I think, I think specifically around, like, sexual identity and in relationship to my, like, father... Right? And some of, some of like, unpacking, like, the traumas in his life and the sort of addictions in his life, it wasn't... I, I definitely wrote ahead of that. Mm-hmm. I, like, wrote a thing and then realized, well, what I wrote was, like, step 10. Or it was, like, step 8 of the process by which I would probably need to tiptoe into this work. So by going forward and writing 8 first, I then needed to kind of hold myself accountable. Or not. You know, or say fuck it and just abandon that because I wasn't ready or there. Right. Uh, but to writing steps one through seven. Right. Right. Mm. And to just throw eight in like a manuscript of poems uh, or in like a, a reading without mm. being accountable to like, well, what was seven and nine mm. felt cheap. Um, and it felt like practicing a kind of performance and writing pedagogy that I don't like to model for young people and for people we work with, which is Mm. like, go to your deepest, darkest, most fucked up shit Mm. and and put that on display and don't show us the areas that you've tried to write around that moment to be the connective tissue to that trauma. Um, Or the joy. Or the joy, right? Like, I mean, absolutely. because you know, it's like, we got these traumas, right? Mm. And the fuck... I was talking to my partner the other day. I was just like... We were talking about our childhoods. And they were telling me about, like, this amazing, you know, uh, elementary school they went to. You know, called Oneness something-something Montessori School. There's a whole long name of, of good shit in that name. But, but oneness. Oneness. Like... And, you know, it was a tiny school. Like, maybe only had eight kids at a time. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. period. Yeah, yeah, Raised by hippies and shit. And I realized that... My childhood was not that, was actually 
my parents are wonderful. They raised me in a loving home where learning was like candy. Yeah. But the school was fucked. Like it was an all black private school, which was the only one in LA like that, period. And it was on some talented tense shit. It was like, I'm the best black person. Yeah. Ha! Like it was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it was like, let me be the best at the thing that the black people are not the best. And it was like bickering, yeah. kind of conniving. But the only good part about it was that we were all there together. And I remember distinct and I remember being bullied a lot as a child. Not necessarily by them, but by other black kids who couldn't go to that school. Yeah. And I told my partner, I was like, in my childhood I'm realizing every day for a concentration of about four hours, something very terrible happened to me. Mm-hmm. Specifically to me on purpose. You know? But on the flip side of that trauma was like, but then I got to read these books mm-hmm. and I got to swim in them shits and I got to watch these movies and I memorize movies when sure. I watch them. All the whole all of them. So yeah. if I watch a Fast and Furious movie, it's it's locked, right? <laughs> like it's just Fantastic. in there. You know, but but that was some voyeuristic yeah. escapist shit because it was like you you want to go up to somebody's face and say yeah. like are you fucking talking to me but yeah. you can't go up to Nini because she locked you in the thing with the thing things like and this is like a fucked up kid you know yeah. but like but then but that was joy like even imagining yeah. that I could be you know some big crazy white man who could hit people right even though I was a little scrawny black kid who couldn't hit shit mm-hmm. you know was a joy enough mm-hmm. and, and I started writing into that trauma mm-hmm. Not neglecting the sincere joy of like memorizing a Shakespeare thing, sure. you know yeah. what I mean. And sure. and I think like you're right, it is a disservice to be. There there are some I've facilitated as a young person with some people who will only go to the trauma and be mm, like, yeah. if you don't say this, you ain't real. And oh, they reminded yeah. me of the people who bullied me. Oh yeah. Wow. And it was just like, ugh. And I don't work with them any. I can't because I'm just mm. like, what is really good, fam? Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I think I think your point of like making them numbers yeah. actually is very helpful. Sure. Even if it's not like that, yeah. it's very helpful. The numbering system is less like objective and more just like if we commit to telling particular stories, we need to tell the circumference of them That's and not just is. the wound. That's what it is. That's a bar. That's yeah. what it is. And, yeah. the, and, and the circumference of the stories. The, the sto- circumference, not the wound. Yeah, you know? come on. Shit. And that's especially true of my father, too. Yeah. Like, that analogy. Is yeah. Like, yeah. I could sit here all day and talk about how he fucked up. And, like, parts and of what? What, who he is and what he's done in the world that I inevitably inherit that I think about every day. There's also a much larger mountain of shit that is praiseworthy about that man. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think modeling that maybe more even than, than anything else is probably... What I am increasingly focused on as being like a cornerstone part of the pedagogy I've been working around and researching. And how did he love you? Totally. You know? Like, I think about how my dad loves and loved me. Mm -hmm. And and what a love. Mm -hmm. Unprecedented. Yeah. For sure. Well... This went very fast. It did. Uh, We love... too fast. I mean, we could keep going, but we probably... Should not. <laughs> you got some get straight. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Adam, will you read a poem for us? Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. While you're getting that together, we'll probably set the table. Set the, set the stage. table. Set the, yeah. Uh, John, you, you yeah, want to yeah, do that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I don't know where you are listening. You know, we have some listeners in Iowa. If you're in Iowa and you're looking what at up, Iowa, uh, yeah, you know, fly south. We got some international. I don't have listeners. any Iowa references. Yeah. What do you Potatoes. look at in Iowa? 
I've been to Dubuque, Iowa. If you're in Dubuque, what? you know what I mean? Which, you what's, know, what's I lovingly call Dubuque. There's a university there. Yeah, yeah, Dubuque. There's a thing. If you're in Iowa and you heard this episode, will you let us know? Yeah, email shout, us shout out to Iowa. Yeah, you know, email the poetry gods at gmail.com. Dubuque reminds me of your poem, Hekinaw. 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 Oh, man. All right, go ahead. Yeah, so even if you're not in Iowa, you know, and you're riding around, you know, a major American city, could be New York. Could, could be, be uh, Los Angeles. Could, could be Detroit. I don't know. Maybe Boston. Maybe you're in Atlanta. No, you're not in Boston. No, maybe you're in New Orleans. Orleans. I don't know. I think that that's all of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the shade thrown. The hot take taken. Yeah, listen. Woo! If you're gonna, that's fine. You know what I mean? Because Chicago is a stratosphere above <laughs> yeah. those cities. Oh, you know he, I mean? oh, he didn't say. You, you got cities, and then you got metropolises. You know what I mean? You he got, didn't say your city. You got the capital of the universe. Well, itself. now I'm like invested Chicago, in Chicago, America. I'm just invested. Yeah, I'm watching this wow. little Chicago courtship happen. You know? I, look, I'm not I mad at it. Right. I love I Chicago. <laughs> I do. Chicago. City. That's not about you. It's it's you real cute. I mean? It's real cute. And <laughs> you know what I like about Chicago? And then Adam, you must read this poem. Or we're just not going to stop talking. Is that people sit down and eat together? We do. Like a lot. We we like eating. You like, but together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And great. eating. I feel like a if we lot. did like a we word jumble what do you for like? this. Eating. <laughs> if we did like, you know, when you can put a doc like into that website or whatever, yeah. and then like the word that gets talked about the most in your manuscript mm-hmm. is yeah. the largest. I yeah. feel like Chicago would be of this podcast. Yeah, it'd be like Chicago and the would be like right <laughs> <laughs> the Chicago. That's not a bad but way to you write know from Chicago. Not from Chicago. Adam. He's coming to you uh, from Michigan by way of Brooklyn for about a decade uh, and we need you to put your hands together and make all of the noise give all of the love if you're riding public transit try to make eye contact respectfully (laughs) as you can and just yell and clap or just you know what Realistic. let's set you up for success realistically (laughs) if you're riding the subway and I mean you who's listening to this I just want you to give a little like Whoop. <laughs> you know, like people look, they won't even know it's you. Can we, can we get that one more time? Yeah. A little? It'll be like, whoop. No. <laughs> That's it. No. That's all you have to do. No. I pray you whoop. do it. Uh, make some noise down. for Adam Faulkner. Hey. Hey. Beautiful. Well, y'all, this has been a treat. Mm. Oh. And it could go on for a very it long could. time. It could. Listen, I, we gotta we, have I still back. want stories of Session MC. Uh, I want stories uh, of like 2008. You know John yes, Sands loves to talk about yeah, 2008. 2008. Oh, no, no, here's the thing. 2008. Here's the thing. We gotta have a part two. We gotta have a part two. We gotta have a part two. Come on. Come on. That's a legendary squad that all converged together at one time. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? So it has been great. Part one of two has been a great yes, a great uh, spell with y'all. Wow. This poem is called Adoption, and it felt like appropriate to read given our conversation. Right Mm -hmm. out of all the places we could have gone, we didn't go to UVM. We didn't talk slam. We didn't talk a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of just like writing work that's ahead of my footprint, right? this is one of the first poems that I had written into this space like a few years ago, and it's a centerpiece in the, the forthcoming manuscript. Wow. Adoption. 
There are men whose mouths my tongue has lapped through, mm -hmm. whose stink and hum I've tasted in barrooms too slicked over with whiskey and Whitney for anyone to know the wiser, <sighs> who I could not help but offer outstretched in my slight hands when my mother asked, now that what's-his-name and I are done, mm -hmm. what's next? Meaning, is dick the thing you're settling into <laughs> and onto? And if so, that's fine, but are you thinking about adoption? Oh. Tonight I think of the streetlight on South Portland. It stripes a barber pole onto his dancer's back, whose hands around neck mid-thrash, tongue wormed deep into the well of me, whose prickly chin I gulp, gnaw, roar of laughter in the morning. I think of that feral crave in the man's eyes, how it clings and does not give when it wants what I want says this is the door through which we all walk, wave to our families, say thank you or not, and spring into the wind of another stiff body, say teach me to land, take me into your fold, flock, mouth, humid crash of cave and skin, spin me a new name, shove me into the sun. What? <laughs> Can I see that? <laughs> Uh, Give it up for Adam Bolton one yeah. more time. Wow. Listen. All right, y'all. In case you didn't know. You People know see me, but they don't <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah. we're going to catch you in two weeks. Thank you so much wow. for joining us. You can, Adam, where can people find you yeah. if they're looking for you? Ah. Uh, other than on the front stoop in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, on Thursdays and Fridays, yes. writing uh, with a coffee in my hand. <laughs> Uh, you can find me at adamfaulknerarts.com. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, and the Instagram is always a good, safe place to check mm -hmm. in on the life. It's Adam yeah. underscore Faulkner. Or DAPNYC. Or DAPNYC, the dialogueartsproject.com. And you uh, and John have a project that you're doing right now, correct? That's bringing back an open mic. We that do indeed. <laughs> we do indeed. Oh, it's going to be over by now. Super duper but, fresh. You hear this, but is super it? duper fresh was a, was a reading that we were curating <laughs> with. It Father was a reading. Thing that will be this Josh Tuesday night. Yeah. yeah. Mahogany L. Brown. It I don't was... know, yo. I feel like it, it should continue. You think yeah. it'll keep going? I have, yeah. I have had some conversations with some enthusiastic curators that would like to continue. I mean, the if the people job. wanted to keep going, I am I want it to keep going and I'm barely living. It's too it's good a room to stop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> As always, you can find us at the Poetry Gods on Twitter, on Instagram. Okay. You can email us. E uh, we are email thepoetrygods <laughs> at gmail.com. You gotta fix it. Yeah, and you know what? You're probably getting this in the summer, so if you're a college student and you're you know looking I mean? for some crazy programming, reach out to us because, you know, we just did a really awesome live show with Patricia Smith at Vassar. Yeah. We could work with you to, to interview some, you know, esteemed writer that you want us yeah. to, or we could just come rock with you. Uh, yeah. And it's yes. going to be great. And we teach workshops together. We teach workshops together. Also, if you, if you dig the show, uh, it would be really kind of you if you could leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not really interested in any other star ratings. <laughs> yeah, we already have I left that two stars. <laughs> it was we found either. the person. <laughs> Slam 101. Yeah. We it's found. Okay. Uh, yo, but thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you in two weeks. Hey. We're out. They just don't know. Like, you know, I'm People see me, but they just don't know. People see me, but they just don't know. This is so absurd. Let's go. People see me, but they just don't know. People see me, but they just don't know. Hey, 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 hey
Memphis bleak, but I don't toss up right.